for a few moments, sir. Lord, we stand before you today and invoke the name of Jesus Christ. We take authority over every power of the enemy, Lord. You promised us that we will trample upon serpents and scorpions. I speak the blood of Jesus Christ over this place right now. And we take authority over every distraction, Lord, every power of the enemy in Jesus' name. Uh, Lord, I thank you that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in the God for the pulling down of strongholds. Uh, hallelujah. And casting down arguments and taking every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord, we pray right now, every power of the enemy be bound in Jesus' name and loose your presence and your liberty and your freedom that you have so wonderfully secured for us, Lord. We just bless you and give you all the glory and the praise. And everybody said... Amen. All right, turn to your neighbor before you sit down and just bless somebody and high five somebody in the presence of God. Uh, two weeks ago, I spoke on the subject of trees. Last week, I spoke on rivers. Today, I'm going to speak on birds. And next week, I'm going to speak on ships. Hallelujah. I want to talk about the bird catcher. Two scriptures, both from the book of Psalms. Psalm 91, verses 3 and 4. You all know the psalm. It says, Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence, and he shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. And then down in Psalm 124, verse 7 and 8, our souls has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, watch this, and we have escaped and our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Now, if you're reading from the King James Bible, you have both these verses using two rather old archaic English words, snare and fowler. But if you have a modern translation, you will discover that the word for snare is sometimes translated trap. And the fowler, of course, is the bird catcher or the bird hunter. And the good news is both of these verses promise that God has undertaken to rescue us from the trap of the bird catcher. Now, the Lord often compares us with birds. As I look around, I see very few of you with feathers. Hallelujah. But it is true, we're likened to birds. Why would God use birds as a metaphor for believers? Well, uh, the, there's no better picture of freedom than a bird in flight. A bird can move up and down, it can turn to the left and to the right, it can walk, it can fly, all with total freedom. And our freedom is a big deal with God. Jesus paid such a high price to purchase our freedom. It was the French novelist Victor Hugo who wrote a poem, I think which best translate these thoughts in English. He said, be like the bird that pausing in flight, a while on bowels to light, feels the air gives way beneath her, yet she sings knowing that she has wings. That's a beautiful picture of the believer. You're strolling through life and you let your weight down on a branch of circumstance, which uh, turns out to be too flimsy to support you and it collapses under your weight. But because you have wings of faith, if the branch collapses, it does not matter because you were not dependent on that branch in the first place. Amen. You had wings all along and wings are what God has given to all of you. More precisely, wings of faith. Now, the bird catcher is Satan. And the reality is that there are special traps that the devil has set to snare God's children. I'll circle back to this in a few moments, but let me talk to you about the three universal principles about traps that you need to know. Number one, a trap is not recognizable by the creature it is intended to trap. We may recognize it, but not the creature. Let's take a rat trap for instance. We all recognize it immediately when we see it that's a rat trap to us, a rat trap looks like a rat trap, amen? 
but to the rat, it looks like a cheese platter. Woo. And uh, if the rat knew it was a trap, would, do you think it would go anywhere near it, right? And that's what makes a trap so effective. It does not look like a trap to the animal it is intended for. So when the enemy sets a trap for, for you, you can count on it. It will not have a warning notice saying, beware, this is a trap. In fact, it will look anything else like a trap. Why? Because that's the first principle of a trap, deceit. Deceit and a, de and a trap deceits the creature it is intended to trap. The second principle of a trap, it's always designed to be stronger than the creature it is uh, intended to trap. When a rat is caught in a trap, it cannot say, oh, I've been caught in a trap. I believe that I will now lift the trap and run away. No, sir. The trap is always too strong for him. Now, if you want to trap a little mouse, what do you use? You use a mouse trap. No matter how small the trap is, it's designed to be stronger than the creature it is intended to trap. But if a big animal like a lion steps on the mouse trap, guess what's going to happen? Nothing, all right? Because the trap will not work on a larger animal. True story told of a hunter who's out hunting and he had put all these little traps, wanting to trap little, little rabbits and hares, hares and, and things like this. And um, a lion comes along and steps on the trap. And he just walks on and the trap was chained to a, a stump, a tree, stump, a log, and he just drags the stump. And the, 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 the hunter thinks to himself, my goodness, this is an opportunity to bag a, a real trophy, a lion, come on. So he takes the, the rifle, goes very close to the lion, and he points at the lion and he presses the trigger and it goes click and the gun misfires. The lion turns, sees the man, pounces on the man, he's trying to, and the man is pinned to the ground, he's trying to tear the throat of the man and the man does something instinctively that actually saved his life. It sounds funny, but he grabbed the lion's tongue and pulled it as hard as he could. How many of you know that it's very difficult to bite somebody if somebody's pulling your tongue? And so the, the hunter was able to hold on to the tongue of the lion uh, for enough time for uh, his friend to come. He's screaming and shouting. A friend comes with a shotgun, shoots the lion and saves his life. Now in this case, the trap is not strong enough because it wasn't a lion trap, all right? But when the devil sets a trap for you, uh, you can count on it, ladies and gentlemen. You are not going to be able to say, I believe I will lift this trap and run away. No, sir, you won't. The trap is always designed to be stronger than you and you will need someone stronger to come and set you free, amen. The third principle of a trap is the bait. And every trap has a bait a bait is used to lure the animal to the trap. Now we might use a little piece of cheese for a rat, a worm to hook a fish, or maybe a piece of bread to trap a bird. And Satan has many such devices to lure God's people into his traps. One of Satan's most deceptive bait is something we've all encountered before. It's called an offense. And an offense is designed by the devil to stop you dead in your tracks. The Greek word for offense is the word skandalion, where we get the word scandal, and it literally means bait. In reality, a bait in itself is not as deadly if it stays in the trap, but the moment you pick it up, my friends, the moment you pick it up, that's where the danger is. And a lot of Christians are walking around with offenses in their hearts, and you need to allow the Holy Spirit to deal with that. And when people get in, caught in an offense because they take the bait, I have discovered it is very difficult to, to deliver somebody with an offense. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs that an offended person is harder to win than a strong city. Think about this for a few moments. Now here are a few pointers I want to make about these verses. Number one, 
Satan is the bird catcher and he's got many traps, many weapons in his arsenal that he has formed against us. He employs lies and deceit, fills our hearts with doubt and condemnation. He accuses us, he harasses us, he bombards us with sicknesses and disease. He tempts us with pleasure, paralyzes us with fear. And I say all this to say he's got many weapons at his disposal. But hear what the word of the Lord says today. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you, you shall condemn, hallelujah. That word form is the word tailor-made or custom-made. Satan knows what your weak points are and oftentimes better than you do. He knows the chinks in your armor. He knows what, uh, what, uh, what you are uh, uh, weak at, areas that you're weak in, and oftentimes better than we do. And he has tailor-made some very powerful weapons forged in hell just for you. Listen, every battle we face is demonically engineered, tailor-made to fit your weaknesses, and he keeps banging and banging in those areas till you cave in. He is relentless. And a snare is engineered to fill a need in your life. But the promise of Scripture, He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. But with every temptation, He will make a way of escape. Come on, everybody say escape. He will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. God is faithful. Amen. You can take that to the bank, by the way. The God who, load, who knows your load limits, limits your load. Amen. He will not allow a temptation to overtake you unless... There's something in your heart that is drawn to that sin. King David had an issue with lust. It was always in his heart. He knew it, God knew it, and the devil knew it. And although he had a bevy of wives, although he had a harem of concubines, he still was not satisfied. That issue was, of lust was still there, and Satan picked it up, put a lure, a bait, a lure to lure him when his God was down, when he was chilling in Jerusalem when the armies were out fighting in the spring of the year. And that's where Satan looked and said, that's my opportunity. The good news is no matter how formidable the weapon is, if you choose what is right, it shall not prosper against you. And not only that, the scriptures tells us that you as a child of God have the authority and permission to condemn every demonic power that entices you. Many years ago, I was in Hong Kong with my spiritual father, Brother Bailey. And as he was about to speak in a meeting, he looked grim and there was a blackness on his face. I never saw him like this. And he said, before I preach the message, I want to share a vision that I had. And he said, I saw in this vision, a Singaporean pastor walking on the, uh, a path. And he said, there was a trap that was designed by the devil just for this pastor. And the pastor put his foot into the trap. It snapped slung him and then threw him into a pit. You can get, I'll tell you this, I was sitting right in front, my knees were shaking and I thought, I turned to my wife and says, oh my goodness, I think he's talking about me. <laughs> I ran up, at the moment the service was over, I ran up to him, I literally ran, I said, Brother Bailey, you've got to tell me, who's this man? Am I the man? Am I the, you know, because how many Singapore pastors do, does he know? So he, he, doesn't, he doesn't say anything, he says, tell you, pray about this, uh, the Lord will reveal it to you. Well, one year later, something happened in this country and the pastor that he saw in the vision, uh, uh, everything that he saw in the vision happened to this pastor. Trust me when I say the devil knows you better than I think you know yourself because he knows your weak points. He knows what you are susceptible to. Uh, so we've got to really be on guard all the time. Amen. Number two, like birds, we are meant to be free. 
Your freedom is a big deal with God. Think about the price that He paid to set you free. Satan wants the opposite for you. He wants you in captivity. The children of Israel, 400 years in Egypt, much of that time in slavery, and their lives were miserable, horrendous. God sent them a deliverer, Moses, and he delivers them out of the bondage of Pharaoh. As soon as they were in the wilderness and things got a little uncomfortable, inconvenient, they wanted to go back to Egypt and all that it represented, all the slavery. Don't let the devil condition your mind to accept bondage. Amen. The children of Israel were in slavery so long that they accepted that situation. And even after they left Egypt, they still had such a slave mentality and that the slightest provocation sought to return to the slavery. Sometimes you counsel people and they say, Pastor, no matter what you say, it's not going to help my situation. I will never be free from this. Don't let the devil deceive you. The Lord has come to set you free, amen, and to deliver you from the snare. Of the, of, the, of the fowler. A friend of mine who was associated with a zoo in London told me about an aviary that the zoo had for eagles. And he, he, he asked the zookeeper how the eagles fared in their captivity. And the zookeeper says, eagles are some of the cleanest birds when it comes to the wild. But when they are in captivity, they are the dirtiest birds. Ladies and gentlemen, as eagles were not created to be in cages, neither are we created to be in cage or in bondage. Come on. Now, just for a moment, I want you to just imagine with me for a few moments. A lion that has been raised all its life in a cage. All it knows is the cage, okay? It's never been out in the wild before. It's never been outside of the cage. The cage is all this lion knows. Now, if the cage is the lion's natural habitat, then why is it that we lock the cage? We lock the cage because even though his experience has been limited to the cage, his instincts tells him there's something out there because in his heart, he's still a wild, untamed lion. And could it be that many of us are frustrated because we're pacing around in the cage of life, stuck in a career perhaps, stuck in a relationship perhaps, that has limited us and all the while our instincts are telling us, I belong out there, amen. Jordan Peterson, some of you probably have read his stuff. He said, if you look at people in your circle and you don't ever get inspired, then you don't have a circle, you have a cage. Think about that. It's pretty profound. Number three, don't underestimate the power of evil. There was a fascinating study conducted by scientists many years ago. They put a python in a cage and they put a little finch, a little bird in the same cage. The bird was freaking out, flying all over to try to stay as far as possible from the python. The python doesn't do anything. The, wake, the snake is just there waiting, staring at the bird, didn't do anything. Then a strange thing happened. The bird gets down of the branch and then it hops towards the snake little by little. And then it gets right in front of the snake. The snake opens its mouth and the bird hops into the mouth and that's the end. That's the seduction of evil. If you let your guard down, you're in trouble. Don't underestimate the power of evil. Stay, the Bible says, flee temptation. Amen. Amen. The scriptures does not say keep your eyes on evil or demonic powers. It says keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. And if the demonic powers get in your way, you have his permission to blast them by the word of God. Come on. All right. Here are a few traps I want to allude to. I think this will help you. The first trap is the trap of trauma. Trauma. The trap of trauma works like a rat trap. Snap! Trauma is unavoidable in life, right? Some of you experience horrendous trauma. 
Some of you will. All of us will experience the death of a loved one somewhere in the future. Somebody we love, a terminal sickness, an accident, a cancer. And when that happens, the grief can sometimes be so overwhelming like that rat trap and it says this sudden release, snap and kills the rat immediately. And Satan often uses the trap of trauma to stop you dead in your tracks. All of a sudden, something unexpected, something terrible happens. A phone call in the middle of the night. A loved one is stricken with cancer. A member of the family dies. There's an accident or perhaps even abuse when you were young. Um, and that traumatic experience has held you bound for years. And I'm here by the Spirit of God to tell you that Jesus wants to set you free and heal your brokenheartedness. Amen. Let's talk about Job for a few moments. I mean, you talk about trauma. My goodness, this man went through a level 10 trauma, man. One day he lost everything he had, his wealth, his livestock, his health, all his servants, all his children. How does a man even survive that? How does a man even survive that, man? The devil tried to decimate Job, but he wouldn't buckle. He wouldn't speak evil against God. And you know the story how God came into the scene, preserved his life, and when it was all over, restored to Job double all that he has lost. Sometimes the enemy comes and hits you with a blow so hard that dying doesn't seem to be as bad. But please hear me, suicide is never the solution. Amen. God will give you the grace, hallelujah. He will give you the grace and maybe some of you are trapped in the trap called trauma, but God wants to set you free today. God wants to heal your broken heart, heartedness, amen. The second trap is the trap of tranquility. Not all traps look like traps, right? Some of them look very enticing. There was a, there's this experiment that we do in biology classes all over the world, hundreds and thousands of times, right? It consists of putting a frog in a bowl of water and then putting the bowl in a very slow source of heat like a Bernstein burner. In fact, if you raise the temperature of the water 1.5 degrees every five minutes, that frog will sit there till it's cooked solid. You know this, right? The funny thing, it had a lot of time to jump out of the water. In fact, if you put hot water and put a frog into the hot water, it will jump out so quickly, it wouldn't even get hurt. But by changing the temperature of the water very slowly, jumping out never seemed urgent. There's plenty of time uh, to jump out, right? And the frog is thinking to himself, well, I guess I should jump out now, but I really don't have to do it now. That's called procrastination. It's one of the great doctrines of the church after glorification and sanctification. Hallelujah. Procrastinate. Supposed to be a joke, right? <laughs> so the frog just sits there and it gets drowsy, it falls into a sleep uh, that he will never wake up from. Luke chapter 21, Jesus said, Take heed to yourself, lest your hearts be weighed down by gluttony, by carousing, by drunkenness and the cares of this life, and the day comes on you unexpectedly. All those things, the partying, the drunkenness, the cares of this life are all designed to lure you into a sleep. And I'm here by the Spirit of God to say to you, Wake up! Wake up! A spirit of slumber has been released by the devil against the church of Jesus Christ. And the truth is many of us are caught with the snares of the world, the cares of this world. You get together with Christians, what do we talk about? We talk about the latest gadgets, the latest movies, the latest cars, computers, films, sports, the cares of life. Now please don't misunderstand me. Some of these things are not evil in themselves. 
when accommodated in moderation, but like the frog in the bowl, pursuing the cares of this world can be so intoxicating that you slowly just doze off in spiritually. And there are some people right here, right now, I'm speaking to you. As I'm speaking, some of you are dozing off right now. <laughs> that was the problem of the Laodicean church, which by the way, represented the hour and the period that we're living in. What was the problem? They were so complacent because they thought they had everything and they were falling asleep in lukewarmness. And Jesus said, if you were hot, I have a message for you. If you were cold, I have a message for you. But if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. Ladies and gentlemen, don't let our wealth and our self-sufficiency lull you to a deep sleep. We must wake up. The hour is late. Amen. Trap number three is called the trap of the trend. When the first European settlers arrived in the United States, they settled on the eastern coast. They learned a great deal from the original inhabitants of the land, the Native Americans, uh, North Indian Americans. And one of the things they learned was how to catch ducks. Now, the Indians had no special weapons except bows and arrows. And it was, it's difficult to hit a duck with bows and arrows. But these Indians became experts in catching ducks and here's how they would do it. They would find a place in the river where the ducks would go feed and they would take a pumpkin, put it on the water and let the pumpkin flow down upstream into downstream where the, the ducks were feeding. And when the ducks saw the pumpkin, they would all fly away instinctively. And after the pumpkin continued to flow downstream, all the ducks would come back slowly and continue feeding. All right. The Indians would then send a second pumpkin down the river. The ducks would all scatter again and when they see the pumpkin. But if you had been observant, you would have noticed that this time the ducks were not in such a hurry to fly away and they were far quicker in coming back. Third pumpkin, now the ducks are not even flying away. They're just kind of like swimming to avoid the pumpkin. Fourth one, not even far away. They just almost ignore the pumpkins because in their minds, they are thinking, oh, these silly pumpkins again. And they, are, they go along doing what they've been doing by, because by now, they have it pretty well established that pumpkins don't herd ducks. All right. At that point, the Indian will carve a hollow in the pumpkin and then put it over his head. And he would go under the water and just where the water line is, he would walk under the water and the birds, the ducks see the pumpkins uh, floating down the river. Uh, guess what? They're not bothered by it anymore. Why? Because pumpkins don't hurt ducks. Like Bruce Lee says, boards don't hit back. <laughs> The native Indian walks right up to where the ducks are feeding and then he reaches out with both hands on the water, catches two big ducks, simply and painlessly. What trapped the ducks? A trend. What used to scare them no longer scared them. First time someone watches pornography, he's shocked. He's sickened in his stomach. The second time he watches it, he's not as shocked as before and he watches a little longer than the first time. The third time he watches, fourth time he watches, then he keeps exposing himself to him. And after a while, he's going to think, pumpkins don't hurt ducks. And then one day he gets caught and becomes an addiction, cannot be free from it and has to watch it every day. Some of you are trapped in the snare of pornography that Jesus wants to set you free once and for all. Amen. Nobody ever takes a first sip of alcohol intending to be an alcoholic. 
After a while, you don't think much about it. You enjoy a glass, second glass, third glass. After a while, you think to yourself, pumpkins don't hurt ducks. And then one day the bottle reaches out to you and catches you. Something that you used to have a healthy fear of now doesn't frighten you anymore. That's the trap of the trend. God puts something in all of us. It's called a conscience. And when we are not, we must be careful not to violate it because the trap of the trend can sear our conscience to a point that we don't even feel any conviction even uh, when we sin. And that, that happened to David for two years, I think. He, he had this, he carried something until the, the prophet uh, came to speak to him and rebuked him. The fourth trap is the trap, trap of the treadmill. Can you imagine a treadmill five meters in diameter, big enough for a man to climb inside? Got a picture of this. This is, by the way, a prison in the United Kingdom where black slaves and prisoners were held. And they had this kind of contraption they used before steam and electric power. And in countries where there was slavery, they would use slaves to climb into the wheel by a ladder. And when the slave got into the wheel and it started turning, they would take the ladder away and now he's stuck and there's nothing he can do about it because if it stops, if it stops, he will fall and break his neck. And so he has to continue running on the steps of the treadmill and his weight turns the wheel around. Uh, the trap of the treadmill is any routine that you have started that you find difficult to break. You begin a sequence of things until one day it becomes a habit and then you can't break the sequence. Some habits are so innocent like drinking coffee. I'm not banging on anybody who's drinking coffee. My kids love coffee and they, they, they choose their beans every morning and I just, I, I just enjoy seeing them do that. But if you can get up in the morning and start your day without coffee, if you can't start your day without coffee, but you can start your day without Jesus, something is wrong. Yeah, something is wrong. Another treadmill is called monthly installment payments. 60 easy and payments that's hard to make. Hallelujah. Yeah. Too many people buy things they don't need with money they don't have to impress people they don't like. It's a vicious cycle. It's got to start running on that treadmill, running and running before you know it. Your life has passed you by. Ladies and gentlemen, you can be careful. Amen about these things. And finally, the fifth trap is the trap of the treasure. You know, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your heart follows your treasure, not the other way around. If your treasure is in a yard, your heart will be in open sea, all right? You've heard me share this story before. I've done this in these evangelistic meetings that we've had, but I want to just repeat this. Uh, hunters in Central Africa and Asia develop an ingenious way to catch monkeys. They say that monkey's meat is very tender. I don't know, I've never had one before. It's very hard to catch a monkey because they're very agile. So these hunters develop this amazing way to catch the monkeys. What they do is they have a contraption, like a gourd or uh, I guess a, a, a vase or a jar, just nice for the monkey to put his hands in and out. And they put some bait like banana into the jar and the monkey, you know, in a place that is populated with monkeys and they secure the jar to a tree or to a, a rock and the hunter with the club hides behind one of these trees and all the monkeys come down, they know there's banana in the jar. And they, they, they walk closer and closer and one, finally one brave monkey puts his hands into the jar, gropes, his help, gropes in the dark and he gets a hold of the, the treasure, the banana, now he pulls it but he's stuck. All he has to do to be free is let go, all right? Does he let go? No. Why? Because he's a monkey. 
And the man comes with a club and he's going to club the monkey. He's screeching and he's, he's, he's crying and all he has to do is let go, but he doesn't let go because his hands has now got the treasure. He will not let go. And the man comes and clubs the monkey on the head and tonight his, monk, his family is going to have monkey stew for dinner and banana split for dessert. Hallelujah. What caught the monkey? He won't let go. What, what caught that rich young ruler? Luke chapter 18. He couldn't let go of the treasure. He couldn't let go. And Jesus says, sell all you have. Come follow me. And I'll show you how to live life. I will show you what you're missing, what you're really looking for. The adventure of a lifetime. But he would not let go of the treasure. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you this. Let go, my friends. Whatever God is asking you to let go, it's always for your good. What trapped the monkey? He wouldn't let go. What is your banana? What won't you let go? What won't you let go? You know, a man came up to me in the first service, cried his eyes out because he said, Pastor, a week ago I was scammed, scammed. And I'll tell you, I think, I think these scammers are some of the most miserable form of human existence. They prey on weak people. And I want to pray in Jesus' name that God would protect Cornerstone from scammers, amen. But scammers, they work on the weaknesses of the people, especially greed. There's a hook there. And I'll tell you this, my friends, don't click on anything that you don't know. Shakaba. I really can't stand these scammers. I'm telling you, they pray on the weak all the time. Amen. Can you get the... I'm going to tell you a story before I take this to a landing. And I'm going to illustrate this with a... Um, I've got a little prop to illustrate this. This is a, is a birdcage. I've got three birds here, and they're alive, ladies and gentlemen, they are alive. But I told them not to move or speak <laughs> until, until I finish my illustration, then they can do whatever they want. Just stay. A pastor told a story, one of my favorite, all-time favorite stories. He said he was walking down the street one day, and there was a boy with a bird cage, and he stopped the boy. He says, hey, what do you got in your cage? He said, oh, I've got some of these birds. Where do you get them? Well, I've caught them from the orchard down the road. It's some ugly-looking birds. And man said, what are you going to do with the birds? Well, I'm going to make them, I'm going to bring them home, make them fight one another. And then I'm going to take a stick, and I'm going to poke the birds, and I'm going to, I'm just going to mess around with them. Man didn't like the sound of it, so he said, uh, what are you going to do with the birds after you've done this? Well, sir. I've got a cat at home, so I'm going to cut their wings at the end and I'm going to feed them to my cats. True story. And the man didn't like the sound of it, so he said, tell me, young man, how much must I pay to buy these birds off you? Mister, you don't want to buy these birds. They're worthless birds. You catch them anywhere down the orchard. Now, how much must I pay to buy these birds? Well, he scratched his head for a few moments. He thought to himself, here's my chance to make a profit. He says, you really want birds? Yep. He says, it'll cost you $20. So the man takes his wallet, gives the boy $20. He went happily running down the street. And the man takes the bird cage back home, pries it open with a screwdriver, and he taps the cage. And when the, he tapped the cage, the birds realized that the cage was open and they flew away to their freedom. Let me tell you a parable as I close. One day Jesus is talking to the devil. He says, hey, who have you got in your cage? Uh, got all these people from the time of the Garden of Eden up till now. What are you going to do with them? Well, I'm going to make them fight one another. I'm going to hurt them. Could put sickness in their lives, could put disease in their lives, and I'm going to make them suffer. 
Jesus didn't like the sound of it. So he said, what are you going to do with them after you? Well, they all deserve to go to hell, don't you think? And so Jesus said to the devil, how much must I pay to buy these, uh, these people? You don't buy them, Lord. They're worthless people. First chance they'll get, they will spit at you. They'll hurt you. They will reject you. And they will, they will harm you. They will, they will kill you. So Jesus said, how much must I pay to buy these people? So he scratched his head for a few moments. He said, here's my chance to make a profit. He said, you really want them? Yep. Yeah? It's going to cost you all your life, all your sweat, all your tears, and it's going to cost you everything. And ladies and gentlemen, I stand here today. I'm free because 2,000 years ago, somebody opened the bird cage and let me free. And I stand here today and I declare to you that you are free today because the Son of God has set you free. Indeed, that word indeed means experientially. You can experience this freedom. I want you all to stand up in the presence of God right now. I want you all to stand. There was a man, a farmer in Colorado who caught a beautiful eagle and then chained the eagle to a tree stump. The eagle would walk around the stump, stop, looked at the mountains at a distance, wishing it could fly there, and then walked around again, stopped, looked at the mountains, walked around again, looked at the mountains. A neighbor passed by and saw this beautiful, noble bird trapped with this tree stump. He came to the neighbor and said, Sir, would you be okay if I buy the bird from you, buy this eagle? The man said, okay, let's negotiate a price. So they negotiated, they agreed. And the man says, let me go back to my home, get my money, I'll come back. And he comes back, not just with the money, but a wire cutter. And he cuts the, the chain that binds the eagle. And you know what the eagle did? It walked around the stump, looked at the mountains, wishing it could fly there. And the man had to take the eagle, shoo it, and finally realized it was free. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you today, Jesus Christ has set you free from the power of sin and death. You don't have to stay in your cage. You don't have to stay in bondage. You don't have to stay in captivity anymore for the Son of God sets you free today. And I loose you from the chains that bind you right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. If you are going through a trap, if you've been trapped by trauma, Ladies and gentlemen, and you have going through a grief that you don't know if you're ever going to come out of the grief. I want you to know the word of the Lord for you is Jesus said, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. You are brokenhearted. You need to be healed. And I have authority. I have the authority to pray that you be healed because I just came out of a broken heart situation. And I have an authority in this area to pray that God will heal you from this broken heart. Hallelujah. Some of you maybe are trapped in a, a trap of tranquility and God wants to get, wake you up from that, that deep sleep that has come upon you. Maybe some of you have been caught in a trend. Maybe you are caught in pornography. Maybe you're caught in a, a situation where lust has overtaken you and you need to be set free in Jesus' name. I don't know what the trap is, but the devil formed and created a trap just for you. It has your name, but Jesus Christ 
has come to set you free from the trap of the bird catcher. Hallelujah. Oh, I believe with all my heart today that the Lord is here and He wants to set every captive free. He wants you to walk out of this room free because He's come and He's paid the ultimate price for our freedom. If you want freedom right now, lift up your hands, everybody in this place right now. Just raise up your hands. Hallelujah. Just raise up your hands right now. Hallelujah. And if your hands are raised, I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. I know it's, it's some, of, some of you, it's a bit difficult. But if you will do it and you will just come to the front and stand here at the altar, I believe the Holy Ghost will meet you at the point of your need. Some of you have been scammed before by scammers and you've been hurt. And you say, Pastor, I don't know how I was so silly to press the click button. I was greedy. I was lustful. Whatever it might be. Maybe you were lonely and you were looking for relationship you press the wrong button oh and now you're in a place that you feel trapped but Jesus wants to set you free you just come in Jesus' name the Lord wants to loose you and set you free because I want to stand you today and declare to you liberty to the captives hallelujah the opening of prison doors hallelujah the opening of prison doors the opening of prison doors Jesus sets you free Jesus Christ sets you free Jesus Christ sets you free just listen to a production of Cornerstone Community Church. Please note that all unauthorized reproduction, distribution, or sale of the recording is prohibited. For permission to reproduce or distribute the sermon, please write into mail at cscc.org.sg. We hope that you have been blessed.